0: Press, 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 press. Cardi don't need no press. Um, hey, everybody! Welcome back to another episode of Sit Black and Watch. It's me, Taisha, the creator and solo host of the show. Um, I know I've been gone for a while. I've been gone for a minute now. Back with jump off. Goons in the club, case up. Jump up. Hey, hey um I have a lot of energy right now for like 11 o'clock at night um but yeah I've been gone for a while because I was sick with strep throat and um prior to that I was at the American black Film Festival for a week and prior to that I was swamped in work you know a bit got a nine to five so uh I, I don't know if you guys remember, but I mentioned it on a previous episode, I film and edit videos for social media for a dance um, company. So yeah, I've been busy and then sick and then busy again. So I'm back finally. I'm here to liven up your life. Hopefully your life is not dull and you're doing things. Hopefully um, it is Sunday while you're listening to this I mean this will be up on Friday but hopefully you have been so busy all weekend that you you had to wait to listen till Sunday so in that case I forgive um <laughs> I hope you guys are having a great week I have had a very busy week I'm actually really tired and I'm gonna try to bulldoze through this with some fun and some laughters. no guest on this episode today it's just me but my lonesome So let's just jump right into it. I want to start off with my strong black lead of the week, which goes to none other than the fabulous, mini, just queen, entrepreneur, Miss Marseille Martin. So I have the the privilege and the pleasure of meeting her at the American Black Film Festival. And anybody who knows me knows that I absolutely adore Marseille. She is... Uh, my little sister in my head, the future daughter that I would love to have one day. She's so smart, so funny, so talented, and a boss. Okay. So if you watched the BET Awards this weekend, then you will see that Marseille won for Best Actress and I think it was Best Actress. Um I have to look up the actual award. But she did win an award um at the at the BET Awards. But she's also the youngest executive producer in Hollywood history and the youngest person to ever sign a first look deal with Universal Studios. Like that's such an amazing thing. And I was reading an article where she was talking about her most vulnerable moments. And um, of course, you know, she dedicated her award to God and um, she was talking about having imposter syndrome, which a lot of us have when you're a creative a lot of times you feel like your work needs to be validated and I totally relate to that I mean after the film festival I I, you know I I got sick literally the day that I was leaving Miami and um I woke up that morning my throat was kind of hurting and I was already kind of getting down in the mood because I was sad to leave like I had such an amazing time networking and just having fun with other people that I you know wanted to do the same thing as me work in the film industry and all of that and the day that I got home you know first of all let me just make something clear I hate New York To all my fellow New Yorkers listening to this, I'm sorry, but I do not like it here and I am ready to leave. Trust me when I say I am saving up and working on it to make somewhere else my home. Um, This city is not necessarily for me. I mean, yes, I will say that it has built me to be more of a hustler and a go-getter and to socialize even more than I had before. However, I've been very isolated living here. Um, because all of my friends are out of town, I don't really have any core friends here in New York. Um, but also, even like business-wise, a lot of the people that I like collab with and work with, they're out of town. Um, a lot of people that I've done things with in the past, like my homie um, who sings, who I've done photo shoots with, he lives all the way in California. So yeah, um, just to stay back on track, you know, like I totally ha- get having imposter syndrome and feeling like you don't belong somewhere. Um. Hopefully, I, I like brought that back into what I was talking about before. Anyways, um, yeah. So basically, she said moments from this year, I was in a dark place, a place I didn't think I was gonna get out of. I thought I wasn't good enough, and that I needed to pretend present myself in a way that was perfect when I didn't need to, putting so much pressure on myself, fighting with myself. The more I kept how I was feeling hidden, the more this dark emotion got bigger. Um. So yeah, I've I've had moments. She said this all on Instagram and I I definitely identify with that. You know, trying to put on this face, this brave face like you've got your shit together, like everything is Gucci, like you know what I mean? You you're trying to blend in with the crowd and and present yourself as though you belong and that you're maintaining and you're succeeding in whatever it is that you do, especially with Instagram. I literally just took like a four day, five day break from Instagram because I was getting irritated and I'm a person that is trying to get more in tune with my emotions. So I have to realize when something is triggering me quickly so that it doesn't spiral me into a deep depression, um, so like I said when I got back from Miami I was like sick for an entire week but on top of being sick I mentally was not feeling okay because I had m- met all these people I like networked with some people at HBO and I I started psyching myself out and I was thinking like I'm not gonna email them because if I do what if they don't respond to me that's just gonna disappoint me even more do I even really have anything talented enough to send off will they think that this is any good so I totally get you know putting yourself in these spaces So shout out to Marseille Martin for being vulnerable and being courageous, being a a young woman with class intact and is her fun, true self and very true to her age. Um, Because, you know, we see young kids now who have as much talent and access as she does and money, and they don't necessarily know how to handle that and balance it well. And I have to say, um, big ups to Marseille's mom and pops because when I say that they have just raised a very well-rounded teenager like I wish that I was that on point at 14 like Marseille I mean she really you know is amazing and I'm actually going to make sure that I like tag her in this episode on instagram so hopefully they'll listen and they'll see it so i just want to say in case mom uh, Marseille, and mom and dad and you guys are listening i gave you guys my pins at abff i have to say i absolutely love Marseille. she's amazing um and hopefully one day we'll work together i definitely told marse that when i walked up on her and she was just so cute like we have a picture together um i'll make sure i post it on the sit black and watch instagram so you guys can see it but I was just so excited to meet her, and I met a few other people at the film festival. I'll, I'll get into all of that after we get through these hot topics. Um, so let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. First up, Mr. Lakeith Stanfield, a man after my own heart. I mean, God, he is so fine, right? Um, Lakeith Stanfield is going to star in a fairy tale film that will be streaming on Disney Plus. Now, if you don't know what Disney Plus is, it is basically the Netflix for Disney it's a new streaming service that they are going to be launching in 2020 and he's going to be starring in this untitled film it'll be directed by the director of To All the Boys I Love and Lakeith is also going to be in the romantic dramedy called The Photograph, starring him and Issa Rae. That'll be out in February of 2020. So I'm just kind of like, God, you know, hurry up and make the rest of this year go fast so we can get to this movie. I I am the worst when it comes to waiting for movies to come out because I'd be so excited if it's something I, I like, a star that I love is going to be in it or... it's a good trailer i'm just like Ugh, can we just hit fast forward on the year so we can get to the damn film or the show or whatever it is that i'm waiting for like when i bought my b2k tickets earlier this year i was like oh god can y'all just hurry up and get me to april so i can go to this damn concert um (laughs) So yeah, he, he he has that going on with uh, Issa Rae. He's also going to be, he's in pre-production for something called Jesus Was My Homeboy. And that's starring Lakeith and Daniel Kaluuya um, from Black Panther, of course. We also know from Get Out. And I believe it is directed by Ryan Coogler. It's either written or directed by Ryan Coogler. Um, But yeah, shout out to Lakeith because he's just doing his shit here and there all over the place. Something else that caught my eye this week while I was scrolling on the internet is that um, according to Shadow and Act, they, they wrote up an article that said the stars of... On My Block, that's the Netflix original show, which I have not watched yet. It's still in my queue to watch. I've just been busy with all the other shows that I'm watching. Um, They're currently in contract renegotiation with Netflix, and it is, like, steep right now because they are seeking a salary raise that is comparable to the 13 Reasons Why cast. Now, On My Block is... um, A show that i've been hearing about for a while i haven't again like i said i haven't had a chance to watch it but i've heard really great things about it um it stars four young leads and right now they're only getting paid twenty thousand dollars per episode which of course to me that sounds like a lot of money but in comparison probably to some of the other shows um, that Netflix has with like young teenagers or young adults, they're not getting paid that much. Now, of course, when I was reading this, I was thinking about Monique and, you know, the whole debacle that Monique was saying, you know, people should be paid what they're worth, especially when they have that experience and everything like that. I saw some debates in the comments about if these stars from the show were... Asking too much, or if you know they were asking for if they're if them asking for a raise was valid. Now, I know that Netflix puts a lot of money into 13 Reasons Why, um, and they also put a lot of money into um, Stranger Things and Orange is the New Black, and then you have shows like On My Block and Dear White People that are really good, but are not getting the same marketing from Netflix, even though they do have the ratings, right? Um, So what it says here is that the four stars are seeking 1.7 million, 75 million, 75 million for the entire eight episode season. So that would break down to about $218,000 per episode for each um, cast member which is a hell of a raise from $20,000 per episode, right? So Netflix countered offered with a boost from 20,000 to $30,000 per episode and then in its latest offer went to $40,000 per episode, which is still really short in comparison to the cast of 13 Reasons Why. So now they're just the leads of this show are just looking for something to be comparable to the supporting cast so they're not even asking to be paid what the lead members of 13 reasons why are getting paid they're asking to be paid what the supporting cast is which tells you that the cast members of 13 reasons why whether they're leads or supporting are getting paid good money okay and um that just goes back to the idea that while netflix is doing well in their diversity department and you know getting shows that are representing people of color it doesn't seem like they're paying them or at least not comparable and I, I would have to do my own research just to see what the ratings are um in comparison to on my block versus 13 reasons why or like um so another show that would be comparable to on my block um But yeah, it does seem like Netflix is not investing in their shows about people of color the same way that they do with shows like Stranger Things or um, 13 Reasons Why. And I don't know if that's because they feel like, okay, well, this is only a niche show. It's only bringing in urban audiences because, you know, that's how they do us too sometimes when it comes to um, development deals and things like that. They feel like, well, your show is a niche show. It's not a show that would be a mass appeal show. So we're not going to, we're going to pick it up, but we're not going to pay you as much as you should get paid. We're not going to invest and spend money in the marketing department the way that we would with a show that has a predominantly white cast. Um, so yeah, Netflix, I'm going to need y'all to go ahead and pay them folk what they, what they asking for. Um, because... From what I hear, I do hear really good things about the show. So I'm definitely going to check it out. And um, maybe this weekend I'll check it out and let you guys know by next episode what my thoughts were on the show and um, maybe some of the episodes and stuff like that. But they have been renewed for season three. So, of course, that's an amazing thing always to, to have black and brown actors who are being employed and they're working. So I don't know if you guys have heard or seen but scream is coming back to tv it's coming back to mtv now if you're asking me like what huh why so scream we know that's the movie that starred starred uh nev campbell right i think it was nev campbell i'm like a big horror film fan so i watch anything from jason to um i'm trying to think of like i like zombie movies um the Night of the Living Dead is, like, one of my favorite zombie movies. Uh, Chucky, of course. So, yeah, anyways, Scream is going to be starring Mary J. Blige, Tyga, Kiki Palmer, uh, CJ Wallace. There's another actor in there that I've seen before. His name is R.J. R- Siler, I think that's his name, his last name. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I've seen him in something else before, but um, I don't know. From what? Anyways, it's gonna be called Scream Resurrection. It'll premiere on July eighth, and it'll run for two hours for three nights, beginning at nine p.m. to so from July eighth to July tenth. It's gonna be on MTV, and. So, basically, they did a spinoff of the actual movie, Scream, and turned it into a television show, and when they turned it into a television show, it was a predominantly white cast. It went for about, I think, three seasons, and then MTV gave it the axe. and I don't know if that had anything to do with, like, ratings or anything like that, but um, it finally got picked back up, and so Queen is going to be executive producing it, and she had announced late last year that she was going to be a part of the the creative team for this show, her and Mary J. Blige. Um, So yeah, I'm just excited for the simple fact that we have more black people in horror films. Because although I know in real life, we don't be about that shit. I still nice to see us in horror films and you know, hopefully live and and not be killed. The first one's killed. I do like the fact that with this spinoff they decided to do a majority black casting the only non-black person if you will that's in it is Michael Jackson's daughter Paris Jackson um and that's not no shade I'm just saying um, <laughs> but yeah so the premise of the show is set around Dion Elliott who was played by uh R.J. Siler. he's a local star running back whose tragic past comes back to haunt him at the worst time threatening his hard-earned plans for his future and the lives of his unlikely group of friends if you go on shadowandact.com and type in scream you'll see the trailer the trailer looks really good it does not look low budget you know they be trying to give us low budget shit when we do other genres that aren't like shoot 'em up hood films or slave slave films. Like, you know, you know, listen, y'all know. When y'all go on Netflix and y'all see those dang on um Netflix original series or like the, some of the black films that they've picked up, the urban films, they be these low budget films, you know, the ones with that are starring Marcus Houston, uh and <laughs> produced by T U G. Yeah, those. Um, so yeah. I'm just happy that we're, we're out here getting what is, is due to us, what has been long overdue, actually. Um, what else is going on? Oh, man. Okay, so while we're on this Netflix train, I have to congratulate Miss Ava DuVernay, who, honestly, I should probably made her a strong black lead on another episode. But you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and give her the strong black lead as well with Marseille because she's out here doing it and securing the bag. Mama has been watched by 20 her her show has been watched by 23 million plus Netflix accounts worldwide like that is what Ava DuVernay is doing with her life and for us Um, if you have not seen uh when they see us please make sure that you watch it I will say prepare yourself watch it when you're ready if you have it if you don't have the, the heart to watch it right now, then at least just go ahead and give Ava your stream anyway and go put it on and then walk away. You know, do that and give it to Ava because black women, right? like black power, black girl magic, all of that. Um, so, yeah, she recently found out and that it was, you know, seen by that many Netflix accounts. And she wrote on Twitter about her experience through the miniseries documentary of the Central Park Five case and everything Um, There's also a really good conversation that Oprah did with the cast of When They See Us and the actual Exonerated Five, because I'm going to call them that. Like Ava said, they are no longer the Central Park Five. They are the Exonerated Five. So even if you don't watch the film, I would encourage you to go watch the talk that Oprah did with them. It was really powerful to watch um, and just hear their side of everything and also hear how the cast dealt with playing those roles. And if, if you don't know what, when they see us is, I'll just tell you, it is about the five boys that were involved in, or, well, I'm sorry, the five boys who were falsely accused of being involved of the rape of a white woman in New York, in Central Park, it, uh, Kevin, Antron, Yusuf, Raymond, and Corey um, had to say their names so that you guys know and are familiar with them. If you don't watch the film, then please go read up on the case just so you know that you're aware because it is something that is continuing to happen where young black boys and black men are being falsely accused and thrown in prison. It happened with Khalif Browder. Um, So, yeah, you know, keep up on your current times. Come on, you got to be educated and stuff. Um, So, yeah, our stories matter. And I think Ava DuVernay does an amazing job of making documentaries and and telling stories that are true to life because she did it with her documentary 13th, um, which was about the 13th Amendment and how the criminal justice system and prisons were basically built to keep africans and african americans enslaved and to keep them you know within the jim crow era to keep them serving white people um and you know make them prisoners and all that good stuff so yeah uh i I encourage you guys to please just go go watch it or stream it if you can or um and and just support because that's really what we need, support. Before I wrap up the hot topics, um, you know, what's going on this week, there are two things that I want to talk about. Um, Two trailers came out for two different films. One is called Black and Blue, which is starring Naomi Harris and Tyrese Gibson, and it is about a a cop who has to escape corrupt cops. They're trying to kill her because she sees – a cop murder someone and she now has to get away and she has 24 hours to get her body cam surveillance footage to the police station so that she can upload it and expose what is going on and um I think before it erases from the body cam um that is going to be starring of course Naomi Harris, Tyrese Gibson, Nafesa, Nafisa? I feel like I'm saying her name wrong, Nafisa Williams, who is uh, um, on Black Lightning, if you don't know, Mike Coulter, who star, was the star of Luke Cage, and more, so the 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 real premise, because I'm going to just, you know, I want to get y'all the official premise, it says a rookie cop who inadvertently captures the murder of a young drug dealer on her body cam, um... After realizing that the murder was committed by corrupt cops, she teams up with the one person from her community who is willing to help her, which is Tyrese's character, as she tries to escape both the criminals out for revenge and the police who are desperate to destroy the incriminating footage. And of course, you know, because she's a cop, the people in her neighborhood basically like hate her because they feel like you went over there to the blue side and you really should have stayed on the black side and worked for your community so yeah she it's by um director Dion taylor Dion taylor was the director of meet the blacks if i am mis- not mistaken um i'm gonna double check that before i move on because i just want to make sure i'm quoting is that right is that He did. He did Meet the Blacks. He also did The Intruder. If you didn't see The Intruder, that was with Megan Good and Michael Ealy, and that was really good. I talked about that, I think, on the very first episode. I liked it a lot, so I'm expecting this to be really good because I enjoyed The Intruder. The trailer looked phenomenal. Um, Of course, the movie is questioning how do you break that cycle of... um, the, that, that relationship that black people have with the cops and not trusting them, but also how do we take a stance against cops who are um, dirty cops and, you know, not following the justice system that they should be and, and being fair um, and unbiased, I guess, um, in talking about law enforcement relationships with the community. So please look out for that. The other one that I wanted to talk about was the new film that is done by. Um, why did her name just just uh, Ma, oh, God, I hate when I can't stand when people's names like just leave my head. Ah, uh, Lena Waithe. OK, Lena Waithe and Melina. That's I don't know why I think I was trying to separate Lena and Melina in my head but then I was coming up with Melissa for some reason yeah please excuse me um (laughs) so the new teaser for their new film called Queen and Slim dropped um a few days ago and it's about a couple that goes on the run after shooting a cop in self-defense so as you can see There's a lot of talk about cops and uh, their relationships with black people going on in um, films that have been coming out recently. It is written by Lena Waithe. I'm sorry. It's produced by Lena Waithe. It's directed by Melina Matsukas. I don't know how to say her last name. I'm so sorry, Melina, because I've definitely met her in person. And um, yeah, I'm just really bad with pronouncing names. So, you know, y'all just have to forget me. Anyways. It stars Jody Turner-Smith and Daniel Kaluuya, and the only reason why I know how to say his name is because I didn't have somebody correct me like five times. But um, the official description is, while on a forgettable first date uh, together in Ohio, a black man and a black woman are pulled over for a minor traffic infraction. The situation escalates with sudden and tragic results when the man kills the police officer in self-defense. Terrified and in fear for their lives, the man, a retail employee, and the woman, a criminal defense lawyer, are forced to go on the run. But the incident is captured on video and goes viral, and the couple unwittingly becomes a symbol of trauma, terror, grief, and pain for people across the country. As they drive, these two unlikely fugitives will discover themselves and each other in the most dire and desperate of circumstances, and will forge a deep and powerful love that will reveal their shared humanity and shape the rest of their lives so the first thing I want to point out about the trailer is that one we have two amazingly beautiful dark skin leads I know I didn't want to just call them chocolate but you know they're they're dark skin leads and I think that that's something that has to be recognized because when do we ever get this you know outside of like right now Queen Sugar Ava has um paired now listen if y'all ain't caught up on Queen Sugar that ain't my fault because I'm finna say something but Ava has paired Kofi Sarabo's character with a new character who he's dating and she is also a a dark-skinned woman and I from the moment that they introduced this new couple I was like so excited because I'm like even though I'm a a light-skinned woman I absolutely champion and cheer for my dark-skinned sisters and dark-skinned brothers. And so I was very, very excited to see something different on screen and just, like, all that chocolate melanin dripping and looking beautiful and luscious and flawless. So, you know, I'm here for it. Um, But there's also some amazing people in this film. Another um, thing that I noticed, uh, Bokeem Woodbine, who we all know from... Um, Jason's lyric, he played the crazy brother. If you don't know him from that, then you probably know him from something else. Um, But he is also in this. So I'm like really, really excited to see him back on my screen because I think he's a phenomenal actor. And I think that Bokeem gets slept on so much when it comes to film and television. Like... He plays crazy well, okay, and I do think that he does get typecast because I would have loved to see Bokeem Woodbine in a more romantic role or something. Um, when he was in his prime, it also has Jahi Winston in it, uh, Chloe Sav- Savini, and India Moore. India Moore, I believe, is on pose. If I'm if I stand corrected, I do believe that she's on pose. Um, they did produce this film down in New Orleans. Shout out to the Noia. Um, I definitely want to move there. <laughs> that's my that's becoming my second home. I'll be there in August. Big ups. Um, but yeah, this this film just looked incredible. The cinematography looks great. I love a lot of these, like, um, I don't know if it's tungsten. I think it's like a tungsten um, thing that they use. But I, I just, like, love the way it looked on screen. I loved... Um, The way that they did some of the graphics in there. Um, It really looks like a Bonnie and Clyde type of situation going on with the film. So, yeah. Um, But that wraps up my my little pop culture hot hot topics of the the week. I do have some more things that I'm going to talk about. I'm probably going to record another episode later just because um, I am going out of town next week to LA. So, you know, I need to get like prep myself for all the other stuff that I have going on. Um, I'll be out of town in LA for my homie's 30th birthday. I'm so excited to visit the West Coast. I haven't been, um, to LA since 2017. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I miss, I miss the West Coast. Um, but anyways, like I said earlier, I was at the American Black Film Festival last week, um, or the week before last, I should say, from June 11th through, uh, or June 12th, June 11th through June 17th, no, I left on June 11th, June 12th through June, (laughs) June 16th, (laughs) or is it, it, I don't know, I left, I just left some time last week, and I am back in New York now, but it, it happens down in, um, Miami, Florida, it's Miami Beach, Florida, the weather is amazing, like, yes, it was hot as hell, but It wasn't so hot that I couldn't enjoy myself. I will say that I got to do some different things as far as like where I was eating at. Um, But I was so busy because the festival basically takes part over a series of what's five days. And from the crack of dawn, like from basically like 10 in the morning to 12 at night, you're basically at events and functions. Um, This year, they decided to scream Shaft as the opening night film. And I have to say, it was hilarious. I mean, we all know that Samuel Jackson has a comedic bone in his body, and he does deliver in just about anything that he does. But seeing Samuel on screen with Richard Roundtree and um, Jesse T. Usher, I think it was it was just a great combination um, to see three black men on screen and not being killers per se. You know, like not being like, ah, oh, look at me, I'm on the run, I'm a criminal. But more on the, I guess, the cop side, if you will. Jesse T. Usher. I think that his niche is very much comedic roles because in Survivor's Remorse, he, you know, had more of a comedic, um, character and he had some emotional moments, but he was definitely funny on Survivor's Remorse. And so I think that that's his pocket. And so he did really well in this film to me. Um, I'm excited if they decide to go forth and do more of the Shaft, um, remake with him in it. Um... And you can see that the cast really had chemistry. Like, just seeing them on stage, because they did bring the cast out before the film started. Method Man is in it. Um, Regina Hall is in it. Who, may I say, did a freaking amazing job on the BT Awards. And I'm not going to talk about the BT Awards on this episode. I am going to talk about it on the next episode. Um, <laughs> just because right now my jaw is getting tired and I kind of want to wrap up (laughs) but I do want to talk about my experience at ABFF um but yeah so Shaft was great if you haven't seen it you need to go see it support our people right like that's my biggest thing is just supporting people of color in the box office and I know that we're past opening weekend but every dollar counts every every viewing counts every ticket purchase counts so um definitely go see that i I, it's it is a family film i i mean i personally think it's a family film like i could see myself watching it with a 13 year old and not be like oh my god this is too grown for you um so i had a good time um thank you abff for that that was like one of the highlights even though i didn't get to personally see jesse t usher (laughs) um in person like face to face um I still had a good time because we missed the red carpet. Um, I feel like I was taking forever to get ready, so we ended up missing it. So, you know, whatever, black shit. Um, <laughs> what else? Um, I, I So I, there were a lot of celebrities that I spotted down there. I ran into – well, I don't want to say ran into. I actually attended a, um, a conversation that Jacob Lattimore had. They did a separate private conversation with him. It was called Coffee and Conversations. Um, and it was hosted by Capital One. Yes, it was a collab with Capital One, but it was really good to see him. Um, he is a very insightful young man. He's an amazing singer. And it's crazy because a lot of people don't know that he's a singer, which I'm like, Okay, but if you've seen any of the other movies that he's been in, then you know that he sings, because he was in um, Black was na- Black Native, I think that was the name of the movie, with Tyrese and Mary J. Blige, and he played the son, and that was like a musical movie about the nativity story, um, or Black Nativity, that's what it was called. Um, So, yeah, you know, Jacob, he has a um, new album out called Connection 2, which I absolutely love. And it is like so slept on. I'm going to play a little bit. Hopefully um, iTunes don't like come for me if I play this. I'm going to play a little bit of the song that I really, really like. Um, And it's actually, I think, his latest single on there. Let's see. (coughs) so yeah that is i had to play a little bit of that because um jacob is an amazing vocal talent um He definitely gives me like young Chris Brown vibes for sure. Like he doesn't do a lot, a lot of dancing. I think that he's kind of um, shied away from that because when his career first came out, he definitely was dancing way more um, because, of course, that was the wave. But um, he's he's shaping up to be a great R&B singer and someone that I think will go far in his acting and singing career. So it was great to just attend his conversation and hear him talk about filming The Shy. If you don't know, he plays Emmett on The Shy. Check The Shy out cuz it's such a good show. It just wrapped up its season 2. Um he he talked about, you know, life on tour, his heartbreak what inspired him to to um create the record um and and he also performed at the the film festival on the last night on the closing night, and I was just like so excited to see him. I didn't even realize I was that big of a fan until like actually getting to see him perform, and I'm like, oh man, I'm so excited. Um, and he he did sing uh, another one of the songs that I love on the album. Um, so yeah, it was it was really good to to see him if you don't want to buy the album because you're that stingy with your dollars and you don't trust my opinion um <laughs> then you should check out if you want to check out just a few songs I like the song that he has with Saraya. Saraya, I'm sorry from Empire it's called Caught Up now I did not know that Jacob and Miss Saraya were dating but he posted Miss Lil Thang for her birthday and you know was like I miss you and your skin is so soft and I was like, okay, Jacob, you better be out here wifing up these, this, this beautiful black girl, um, you know, come on black star power, which I also think is really cute seeing, um, like Ryan destiny and, uh keith powers they're so cute so like seeing all these young black couples kind of hooking up and becoming things and they're lasting and hopefully you know appreciating each other so i think that's so cute um and he also has a song with trevor jackson and you know trevor jackson is on grown Grown Grownish. um it's called true shit um but yeah i love it i'm gonna play a little bit of that because i love that song i'm gonna fast forward Get it you What more do you want? I don't want to tell no lies I don't want to tell no lies yeah. But it's feeling like I can't do right It's feeling like I can't do right with you. I will never waste your time So tell me why you waste mine Breaching shit you didn't live by So how the hell am I the back? Said if you can't take it Why say it? Baby that's true shit Baby that's true Okay, like, I will play that song all day if I could. I The first time, I how I found out um, that he had a new single was I was like scrolling on his Instagram and I saw the video for True Shit with Trevor Jackson. I was like, oh, okay, let me find out y'all out here growing up. Because we all know Trevor Jackson is from Disney. And, uh, oh wait, is he from Disney? Yeah, he's from Disney because he was in that movie with, was that him in the movie with Kiki Palmer? I think that was him in the Jump movie, the Jump Rope movie. Either way, I know that he was from Disney, so it's really interesting seeing, like, Jacob and Trevor be grown. Even the little boy from freaking 13 Reasons Why, Caleb McLaughlin, I just saw him in something else, and little homie got a whole little mustache growing and is trying to grow a beard, and I'm just like, bro, when did y'all grow up? Like i'm not that old but i'm kind of feeling old here um so yeah it was cool meeting him another person that i met at the the festival that i was like od hype to meet um now if you have not seen the wood then you will not get this reference uh miss hughes what page 15 on never mind i'll find it So yeah, if you haven't seen The Wood, then you know, if you have seen The Wood, then you know that that was the character Slim. So um, Dwayne, uh, I always forget his last name. He he played Slim on um, The Wood. He was there. He was in a, um, a short film in the festival called, or not a short film. He was in an indie film. I'm sorry. It's called His, Hers, and the Truth. If you guys have like, anything if you hear about it going on in your city like if they do any screenings or anything then please check it out I do believe that the the film got picked up um to be put out into like theaters or something like that so congratulations to them um his name is Dwayne Finley right Let me make sure, let me, let me make sure. Yep, Dwayne Finley. Okay, I had it right. So yeah, he was really, really nice. Um, It was cool meeting him and it was crazy because, so ABFF has this cool app where you can go on and you register and everybody that's going to the film festival that's registered can basically talk to each other and you know post pictures and talk about how excited you are well I saw him posting in the app and I was like he looks so familiar and then he posted something in particular that made me go oh my god that's Dwayne from the wood that's slim and um So then from that moment on, I was like, oh, I can't wait. I hope I meet him in person. Because granted, no, he's not like some mega A-list celebrity. However, like I said, The Wood is one of my favorite films. And I loved his character. His character was the funniest to me in the film. um, The the grown version and the child version. Um, So I was just like really excited to meet him. So on the second day when we went to go see megan good's film so megan good has a film out where she is starring in it and she was i believe the co-director with tamara bass who played peanut and baby boy their film is called if not when or if not now when and that was such a good film um but yeah he sat next to me at the um, film, and I didn't realize until halfway through that it was him, and I was like, oh, shit, in my head, like, I'm sitting next to Slim from the wood. (laughs) Like, I'm that cheesy person. When I really like a celebrity, it doesn't matter if you're, like, a major celebrity or not, like, if I think you're dope in my head, like... I'm going to be hype about it. So he was really nice, and we took a picture together. Um, so it was just really cool. Like, it was cool to to feel for that moment. And you know what's funny is Omar Epps was also at the film festival. I did not get a chance to meet him, but I was just like, damn, if I could just get Omar and Dwayne in the same room so I could, like, really fangirl out about the wood because Rick Rick Fu, I don't know how you say his name, Rick Fu, Fu Famuyiwa? Muyua, I, listen, I know I'm butchering that, but he was the director of The Wood, he was the director and I believe the writer um, but it's, it's one of my favorite films, I've always wanted to meet him and like interview him about that film, best coming of age story yet um, <laughs> so now that I've spent 15 minutes about talking about The Wood um, yeah, so I got to meet him um, so His, Hers, and the Truth was a um, film about this couple who were friends and they ended up messing around, and they kind of had this, like, falling out, and they were going to a therapist to, I guess, try to fix them their their situation and figure out how to be friends again, because um, I, I did get to the screening a little bit late, so I didn't get the full premise of it, but from what I did see, um, what I watched, it was very funny, the cast was great so i'm excited to see if this gets you know if it is a straight to dvd type of situation or like straight to streaming or if it actually gets put out in the theaters which i think would be super dope um because it was funny um again i said i went to go see megan good's film with tamara uh, bass who was the director of it i get got to talk to them very briefly um they both are amazing women very sweet and like kind-hearted women and i was really really proud of megan good because i feel like i think the reason why a lot of people feel like she's not the strongest actor is because she's been typecast a lot um we do not get to see her in very versatile roles and so i do like that this role challenged her so the film is about four friends who grew up in high school together and after one of their friends is um finds out that she's a teen mom she finds out she's pregnant and she has the baby early you know they kind of flash forward to their life like 20 years later and the friend that had the baby is struggling with her own mental health and then they're all kind of dealing with some aspect of their own womanhood so one of the friends is married to a guy who's a cheater a serial cheater and she's having a baby the other is a single woman who has issues um as dealing with um uh, maternal issues I'm sorry um with like womb health, I'm sorry, I don't know why I can't think of the word, but she's having issues, you know, with her own uterus and things like that. And then the other friend is a woman who was married, or um, yeah, she was married, and she's trying to follow her dreams, but her husband's kind of holding her back. So it's very much a like coming of age, just life story that I appreciate because black women don't often get. Stories that talk about our life in layers, you know, Um, talking about abortion, talking about um, not being able to like PCOS, not being able to have kids, infertility and stuff like that. Talking about marital issues and being really authentic and honest about it and not being presented in a way where it's like, oh, we're just black women who struggle and we're so strong and we can put up with anything anything it really was a film that focused about uh, around sisterhood which you know when you have a tribe you want to hear those stories and see those stories being told about you and your friends and how you guys support each other so shout out to Megan and Tamara who I think directed a beautiful film it was great it definitely made me cry um it was also great to hear Tamara's story um, because, again, like I said, she played Peanut and Baby Boy. If y'all don't remember, like Peanut was the other baby mama. Um, he was the one when he, after they had got done having sex, he was like, "Oh, fix me with some eggs or whatever." Um, so yeah, she. she it was funny because when she was on screen, because she stars in the film as well as directs it. But when she was on screen, I kept thinking in my head, like, why does her face look familiar? And finally, when the movie was done, I went and looked her name up and I saw, I'm like, oh, all right, Peanut from the Wood. I mean, from um, the Wood, <laughs> from Baby Boy. So she was just so sweet. And it was great to hear her talk about how she had wrote the film like almost 10 years ago and she said you know she just was a little insecure about it and then she got you know sidetracked and started working on other projects and then finally came back to it and um you know was like you know what this film definitely needs to get made and she had known Megan and they connected and I believe that Datari Turner was the producer so that is someone who I met this weekend. I went to one of his panels. He was a speaker for um, on one of the masterclass panels. He's a producer, He's a black man. Um, he has produced films like Video Girl, which he also wrote. That movie Love with um, with Common and um, the young actor. Um, Jason Michael Beerman, who we all know plays Tariq on power. And if, I don't know if y'all remember, but, um, that was one of his first films. I believe, um, the, the kid, oh, I'm sorry, not Jason uh, Beerman, but, um, Michael Rainey Jr. That's his name. I don't know why I thought, I don't know, I was mixing that up, but yeah, Michael Rainey Jr. Plays Tariq on power. And I believe love was one of his first films. At least that was the first time that I saw him, um, on screen. And I remember when that aired on B.T., But yeah, Datari has produced that. He is the creator and producer of Growing Up Hip Hop. He's um, produced Dysfunctional Friends, which I I thought was a cute little movie. Um, I saw that on Netflix. So he he has like a roster of things. He did the Damon Dash show called Ultimate Hustler. Um, He was the creator of that. So yeah, um, Datari dropped some wisdom on us about Producing. He also, I believe, produced Beyond the Lights. Like, Homie is like out here, for real, for real. Like, out here, out here. Um, he, um, he dropped some wisdom on us about what it is to be a successful producer in the industry and how to really get started and you know he talked to us about what production credits are and you know financial aspects and it was just sucks it sucks that the the conversation was only about two hours long because I really feel like if they would have let that man go for four hours he would have probably schooled us on really how to break into the industry Um, so I I encourage everybody to follow him on Instagram. His name is Datari Turner, D-A-T-A-R-I Turner, T-U-R-N-E-R. Um, he was very insightful. And like he said, he he responds if you, you, you know, hit him up. If you're trying to break into the film industry and have questions, um, I would totally encourage you to like, pay attention to what he's doing and um, see if you can ever attend one of his classes or talks or whatever he has going on because I certainly learned a lot. And I think that's the great thing about ABFF that I love is the fact that It is truly for you, for creatives trying to break into film and television on all levels. It's not just for people trying to be actors and not just for filmmakers. It is for the people who want to get into production, who want to get into styling, who want to make documentaries. Um, I took a great documentary workshop class, um, or not a workshop. I went to a documentary panel, um, and I learned some things myself and got some connections while I was there. Um, I would have to say that my favorite panel out of the entire festival, out of the ones that I did go to, was the Hot in Hollywood panel. And that had Damson Idris, who plays Franklin on Snowfall, uh, Jacob Lattimore, Lil Rel, who we know from the Lil Rel show and Get Out, um, Marseille Martin, of course, from Blackish and Little, and um Demaris. I don't know Damaris' last name, but she's a model, and she's going to be in the upcoming season of Pose. But she's, like, a really big thing and, you know, growing and stuff like that as an actress. Um, she also was in, I believe, The Butler. Um, or, no, I'm sorry, not The Butler. Um, Black Klansman. There we go. So, yeah, she the the that panel was great because they talked about a range of convert topics, and it was led by Miss um, Tanika Ray, who I absolutely love and adore. She is an American entertainment reporter and actress. She's from D.C., raised in California, um, but she's a host on she's a co-host on Extra. If you don't watch Extra, you know AJ Callaway, Mario. Um, Lopez are on that Um, I follow Miss Tanika Ray on Instagram and when I say I adore her and her daughter they're just absolutely amazing and you know what I think the the thing for me that I love the most about that panel was really actually getting to see her work in person Because I do watch a lot of her videos, and as someone who wants to get more into interviewing, and even with this show, you know, listening to myself back and figuring out what I could be doing better, how I could ask better questions for my next interview, um, you know, just trying to study and hone in on my own craft, I really enjoy watching her because I love how open she is able to get her subjects when she's interviewing and how fun she is and upbeat so it's something like super great about her that i love and i actually really study so it was cool to just like sit i was sitting in like the fourth row eager just listening to her and really watching how she weaved in and out of the conversation how she really got the guest to open up, like, Little Rel, he was sitting up straight when the conversation first started. By the time they got to, like, the middle of the, the talk, his knee was up on the chair, like, his foot, the bottom of his foot was up in the chair, and I thought it was just cool, like, watching all of their body language change as they, the conversation went forth, and the more that, you know, Tanika made them laugh, and they made each other laugh, um, and, and she just asked some great questions that made it such a diverse conversation um and then afterwards I got to walk up to her and I had such a heartfelt conversation I'm gonna I'm not gonna cry um I had such a heartfelt conversation with her and just told her like how much she is an inspiration to me I have a few people that I can name um that do like that are disc jockeys or a radio hosts and stuff that I like and I listen to and really pay attention to how they got into the entertainment industry and how they've become you know critically acclaimed interviewers and like journalists or whatever um so yeah it was cool to like talk to her and just let her know like she she I think that she's dope for being very responding, responsive on social media. That's an important thing that I talked to someone else about while I was at the festival about how I think sometimes celebrities don't realize whether you're an A-list celebrity or like a C or D-list celebrity, like those little moments matter to the people that support you when you acknowledge them when you take the time out to reply, I said the same thing to Marseille um, Martin's mom, because I do know that her mom helps run her account, and um, more than likely, it's probably her mom that's responding to everything um, that I like. Sometimes I comment, and they'll they usually like something back, or maybe they respond, and I absolutely like. I'm so thrilled because I'm like, ah, oh, Marseille liked my comment. And I know that's childish to some people, but it's a fun thing. Like, I've always been a person that's been into pop culture. I love having my favorite celebrities that I love to stand. I probably will never not have a celebrity that I, like, and like, head over the hills in love with and, and how they carry themselves and what they talk about and the, the things that they do, um, you know, in all aspects from acting to singing to producing, whoever it is, right? So... It was just cool, like, getting to rub elbows with some of my favorite people. I got to, and even some of the people that I've liked from back in the day that were there, um, one of the, the people that showed up to the festival, and I got to meet him on the very first day, Michael Collier, if you don't know, Michael Collier plays Showboat on House Party, um, in the film House Party, and, like, I mean, House Party 3, actually, I'm sorry, Um, But, like, I, like, was fangirling because House Party is one of my favorite franchises and House Party 3 in particular is my favorite in the series outside of, well, House Party, the first one and the third one. Um, So it was just cool really meeting him and we had our own little moment where I talked to him after one of the films. And he said that they're doing another house party called Showboats House Party, so I'm actually really interested to see what that's going to be about um, and how that's, that's going to turn out and everything, because he is very funny. Michael Collier is another actor in this business who I feel like does not get the flowers that he deserves, because he's very talented, and he's not getting the roles that he deserves as well. Um so, shout out to the, the older actors and people who are continuing to follow their dreams, who are, you know, it's like their time is coming. Um, I talked to Coco Brown, who plays in the Tyler Perry show, um, If Loving You Is Wrong. I think that's the one that she plays in. Um, yeah, like, it was just cool. It was cool, and I think that's the thing, too, that I like about ABFF. Most of the celebrities that come there they are not too good to speak to you they they understand that this is a film festival for indie creators so they do and you know that that this festival is really for us to network across so You really get to, like, talk to them. I know Coco ended up giving my homegirl her business card and was like, if you ever down in Atlanta, hit me up. And I just thought that that was such a cool interaction and exchange. You know, oh, so Coco plays in the Single Moms Club. That's what it was, the film. But I thought she was also in something else. I think she's in something else, too. Um, But it was funny because I I spoke to her when – we were coming out of the white party, um, and she was talking about how she has CBD oil on the bottom of her heels so that her feet wouldn't hurt in her heels. And I was just like, you know what? Someone literally just taught me about that, but they didn't do CBD oil. They did a um, a, a throat throat serum that's, like, supposed to numb the back of your throat when you have a sore throat. So they said to put that on your feet so that when you wear heels, the the um, yeah, your feet won't hurt. So, you know. That's that. Oh, Coco Brown plays Carla in 911. I knew I was like, I know her face is familiar. Um, And she was also in American Crime Story. Um, So, yeah, Coco, she was really sweet. I'm trying to think who else did I meet. Um, I met so many people. I met the guy from B. Simone's uh, dating reality show. Um, He was really cute. He was really cute and funny. And how we ended up meeting at the opening night party, I walked up on him. So this is one thing I have to tell you about me. I am a person that if I normally recognize your face, if you're a celebrity or I know what you're a part of and you're someone that I like, I will walk up on you and be like, hey, how you doing? And just talk, you know, my regular, that's just me being my regular self, right? Um, And... So I saw him and his face stood out to me, and I was thinking that maybe I had met him at another event or something. So I just kind of walked up and was like, "Hey, um, do I know you?" <laughs> and he's like, um, "I don't know, maybe." And I was just like, "You look really familiar." And I, I hate to like, I hope you don't take this offensively, but you, you know, I'm not exactly sure who you are, but I think I know you. I think we've met before. And he was like, "Well, you know, I'm from Atlanta." Da, da, da. So then. To after like asking two more questions then he's like well i don't know if you saw the b simone show you're my boyfriend and i'm like as soon as he said that i was like oh my god you were the winner because i didn't watch the show but i did see the clips so that's why i remembered his face so that's why he seemed so familiar to me <laughs> and it was just a funny interaction and then after that um we i just kept seeing him throughout the week and stuff and and it was just it was just cool like it was really cool to to just see people that were we were all there for the the same thing to to figure out how to break into this industry and network across and make our contacts and everything and it was just a cool vibe I met a lot of great people um Another person that I got to meet who I didn't even realize that I for real like had a crush on or like loved until I was in their presence, Damson Idris. So, of course, Damson Idris plays Franklin on Snowfall, but he also is in the new Black Mirror episode, episode two of Black Mirror, um, which is the Smithereens episode, and um, like I already knew he was a star, so I haven't seen all of Snowfall. I'm actually playing catch-up, and I'm trying to catch-up before it comes on um, in a few weeks. Um, But I saw him in, you know, a few episodes in the first season, but it was seeing him in the Black Mirror episode that made me go, like, yo, this guy is really talented, and he is, like, really going places. Little did I know, the man has a whole... He's from uh, fucking London. So he's got a whole... Like, that that whole accent going on. I didn't know he wasn't from the United States. Um, but he was very sweet in person. So he, of course, was on the Hot in Hollywood panel. And just hearing him talk, it was cool. Um, he came... So he came out... Like, I was walking around. I wasn't really paying attention. And when I circled back... He was outside talking to some people. And so I waited for him to finish doing pictures. And I just kind of like gently approached him because I didn't know if he was going to be an asshole you know um I hadn't seen him in much so I just was like oh I'm gonna just approach him you know nicely and see if he lets me take a picture with him so he did and I was about to walk away and I thought like oh you know what let me give him my like blog pins because I carry these little pins that say afrovocative for my like little it's like my own little brand or whatever and I was like here I want to give this to you So he looks at it and he's like, oh, is this a pet? I can't do an accent, so I'm sorry, y'all. And um, he just got really excited about the pin. And it made me excited that he was excited. And I thought it was so cool. He was like, can you, can you do this for me? Can you pin it on me? So I'm trying to put it on his jacket. And I'm like, I don't want to poke a hole in your jacket. Because, of course, it's a metal pin. And I'm just like, no. Let me just put it on your shirt. So I put it on his shirt. And um, if you go to my Instagram, Afrovocative, you'll see the picture. But he was so excited about the pin. And I said, well, can I take a picture of you? And he's like, of course, no, 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 you got to hop in the picture, you got to take one with me. And so we took the selfie together. And it was just such an adorable moment that it literally I think I was glowing for like an hour after, just because again, special moment, special feeling you know, having someone that could be a complete asshole and isn't and decides to actually be a human and be nice um, and just embrace you and make you feel important. And I think that's the thing that um, when I meet people and when I move around, I always try to carry that energy with me and have it be a genuine energy to treat people like they are somebody. Um, and and that was another thing, like, throughout the entire week at the festival, I had so many people like walk up on me and was like, "Yo, I've been noticing you all week and your energy is like radiating or you know, like I saw you dancing and and cuz that's my thing. I I'm I'm a good party turn up person. I love to turn up. I get the party going. That's me." Um so it was cool to hear that from my fellow peers, people that I hope to be working with one day. Um and just to have a a glowing energy that people recognize it. So yeah, the festival was great. Um, One other screening that I went to that I loved and I hope that you guys make sure that you tune into is a show called David Makes Man. It'll be premiering on Oprah's Network own on August 14th. And it is created from the director, the writer of uh, Moonlight, (laughs) Terrell Alvin McCraney um and it's produced by Oprah and Michael B Jordan. Um so the show I I came to the show probably like I think 20 minutes late um because I was coming from somewhere else to get to that one. But the what I did see of the show, I mean, it was so moving, had me in tears. Terrell has done a great job of finding another fresh actor who we've never seen before, who is powerful. This little boy and another dark-skinned actor. Like, I mean, I hate to bring skin color into it, but it is a beautiful thing to see these dark-skinned black boys getting these dynamic roles and really pushing it. Like, he is writing a powerful narrative and, of course, he kept it in Florida like he did with Moonlight. So, it's another Florida native that's, you know, getting his time to shine. The lead um, actor, his... um um, name is Akili McDowell. Uh, he's a newcomer, so this is his first, you know, first anything. And I think that you guys are going to really love him. Like, my heart melted instantly um, when I got into the screening and just seen him and his beautiful brown face and his little eyes. And, like, I was just like, oh, man, like, this kid is going to be it. He's another Caleb. He's another, like, um... Oh, why am I not? I'm drawing a blink on the boy from The Shy that played in Moonlight, the youngest boy, but like brilliant. Even the teenager boy from Moonlight, the, both of them brilliant, brilliant actors. Um, so, the, the it has Felicia Rashad in it. It also has Nathaniel Logan McIntyre and Isaiah Johnson and Ada Cheeky Torbet. I think that's how you say the name. Um, and another young boy named Caden K. Williams. Travis Coles and Jordan Bolger so it is a South Florida set coming of age drama, and it stars a fourteen year old prodigy from the projects who is haunted by the death of his closest friend and relied on by his hardworking mother to find a way out of poverty. He must choose between the streets that raised him and the higher education that may offer him a way out so the guy's um the boy's name is David, and he goes to a private school like on the other side of town and the one thing that he is battling with in this show um without giving away the first episode is that he's battling i don't want to say a mental illness but from what i'm seeing it looks like he may be schizophrenic i'm not exactly sure um but that's all i don't want to get into it too deep but you'll see i mean the visuals for this were like off the off the charts i mean I didn't even realize until they got towards the end of the episode that I was like, oh, shit, is he is he schizophrenic? I wasn't. So when y'all see it, y'all are definitely going to like, I uh, I just can't wait for y'all to see it because, I mean, it gave me chills. The the way he acted out the solo scenes, the way he acted in the scenes with um, him and the other young boy. um. Even the conversation that followed, getting to to hear him talk about what it meant to play that role and how he prepared himself as a first time actor for this role, it was powerful and it was it was very endearing um, to see a narrative of a black boy that we don't get to see often on on camera, on in fi- on film and in television. Um, So that is a show that I encourage you all to check out. It is going to be a little bit of a tearjerker, but I think you're going to get sucked in right away. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, it was cool. Um, But that kind of concludes this episode. Um, I got some things that um, you guys should, I'm going to let you know, you should be checking out. Um, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little tongue-tied because I'm getting tired. I'm ready to go to bed. I'm ready to leave work. I'm still at my job. Um... So, Stranger Things comes on July 4th, of course, July 4th, Stranger Things. Bulletproof, which is a show, um, a UK dramedy from Noel Clark and Ashley Waters. It was acquired by the network CW. That'll be airing July 28th, so check that out. Um, ambitions which is a new show on Oprah's Network, starring Robin Givens, Brian White, and Essence Atkins. That's coming out. Oh, well, that's actually out now. I haven't watched the first episode yet. They did show it at the um, at the film festival. However, I wasn't able to attend that because there was some other stuff going on. But that's there. Um, that's on Oprah's Network, so check that out. Um what else? What else? Do I have anything else I need to tell y'all before I leave? Um, nothing right now, but tune in for the next episode because I will do the BT Awards talk. And, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the season finale of The Shy. That is something that I'm, like, on edge to talk about. I'm going to probably talk about, um... The show, uh, not the show, the film called Beats with Anthony Anderson, that was another film that they showed at the film festival however I did not go to it at the film festival because I went to something else that I knew wasn't gonna I wasn't going to be able to see anywhere else um, so I did watch Beats last night so I'm going to rewatch it again and make my notes and I'm definitely going to talk about that on the next episode um, it was such a good film so I encourage you guys to stream that on Netflix it's already out it's called Beats um, anything else that I, I want y'all to see I want y'all to see that's it y'all um thank you for tuning into this this lovely hour-long episode and um next week I'll be back I don't know I might give y'all a little double episode I might record in the morning or something and you know put up put two episodes up so we can play catch up for all the stuff that I didn't talk about weeks before anyway deuces bye guys